Walter Life with Brent and Jeff. Being a genius certainly has its advantages. Good evening and welcome to The Altar Life. I'm Jeff. And I'm Brent. And we are here with episode six of our Philippians series. Tonight's topic, we're going to be talking about losing it all, whatever that may be. Whatever we take pride in, we got to lay it aside for the glory of Christ. The Altar Life. Music, truth, real, period. Kicking off another great topic in this Philippian series. I can't believe we're going to be done this series soon. And then it's going to be on to Colossians as we move into the fall. Can you believe that? It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It's gone really fast. <laughs> this is episode 220. Like Galatians 220, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Man. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to be picking up it's kind of a part two of last week's episode where uh, we were in Philippians chapter two. Uh Obviously, there were no chapter divisions when the Bible was written, and uh, Paul is talking about Timothy and how he stood out in the crowd, basically. He was a man of proven character, and then he goes on to talk about a guy who we don't hear much about in Scripture other than here, I think. His name's Epaphroditus, which is a cool name, Epaphroditus. Um, And in verse 25, chapter 2, it says, Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier this guy sounds awesome he's like a good brother he's a good worker which is hard to find in in christian circles (laughs) what do you uh, think his friends called him like epap (laughs) epap yeah right next to t storm pappy (laughs) pappy pappy that's a good one yeah or or ditus (laughs) fro (laughs) that's a pretty good one epafro says but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Check that. Check this guy out. He's sick, but he's upset that other people are upset at the fact that he's sick. Usually people are like, I'm sick. Feel bad for me. He feels bad that everybody feels bad for him. He's like, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's just this, It's just malaria. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter or whatever the illness may have been. It's just interesting. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. So you can see how Paul loves this guy. You know, he's like, if if he had died from this illness, I would have been overwhelmed with grief, but God had mercy on him, and in turn, mercy on me, because I don't have to grieve. And then, just tying the, the last verse, which is where we want to jump into uh, for the, for this topic... Uh, in verse 30, because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Epaphroditus was willing to lay, his, lay it all down for the for the work of Christ. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Chapter 3 starts off coming out of Epaphroditus and just how, how that guy was just ready to lay his life down to the point of death for the cross. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things for you to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. I just want to make sure that you guys get this. Yeah. I'm not trying to be annoying. <laughs> this isn't just like tedious. This is actually I want to make sure that you understand. He says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. <laughs> for we are the circumcision. So the word mutilation and circumcision together is not a very good thing. Yeah. <laughs> just to put that out. Um for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence 
in the flesh. People out there in that time was trying to get everyone to start following these religious traditions and trying to, um, you know, persuade people to go down a different road from the gospel, you know, and try these, these false workers, um, beware of dogs, evil workers. People were just trying to, you know, do surgical procedures on people that, that were unfounded. It was not going to mean anything. And just trying to sway people down a different path. And, um, here's Paul saying, beware of these guys. You know, we are the circumcision. We are Jews who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Jesus. We rejoice in the savior and have no confidence in this, in the fact that we're Jews and the fact that we've been circumcised. We don't have any confidence in this thing that we can do in and of our own strength. We're rejoicing in Jesus Christ and the work that he's done on the cross. That's what we're really rejoicing at. And, you know, to apply it to our lives today, you know, what are you, what do you have your confidence in in your faith? Is it things that you can do, or is it in Jesus Christ alone? What Brent was talking about is kind of where we want to set up shop tonight is the difference of having confidence in what we think is ours and the confidence in Jesus and the work that he's done. And, and Paul says, you know, it's not important that we are circumcised. You know, it's not the fact that we're God's people, the Jews, that makes us saved anymore. You know, we don't earn favor with God based on our practices. It's based on our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's not what people were teaching in those days. As Brent was saying, you know, they would come alongside and be like, yeah, Jesus is cool. Like, yeah, believe in Jesus, but you also have to follow the Jewish law too. You know, they were kind of, they would build on Paul's foundation with shoddy craftsmanship. And uh, Paul's saying, you know, have no confidence in the flesh. If you think that you are in with God because of the things that you do or the things that you offer him, get rid of that attitude. And we, as Brent applied it, you know, to our lives, that's what we do. You know, what is it that we think like, oh, well, you know, God uses me and God wants me for his kingdom because of X or because of Y, you know? There is nothing about us that makes us more valuable to God other than the fact that he sees us as invaluable enough to send his son Jesus. That, you know, it's, a, it's an even, we all start out in the same playing field, and I think we forget that a lot of times. We think that we, we think that, we, you know, some of us are down here and, and really need Jesus, and then there's the people that are just, they were almost there, you know, they, they just needed that little push and uh, and God didn't have to save them from as much. You know what I mean? And we, we, we take confidence and it becomes an issue of pride with us, which is kind of what we talked about in our uh, Mind of Christ episode. And Paul, of all people, right, as he's going to go on and, and explain, could have had confidence in the flesh because he, you know, he had it all. You know, he says, if, any, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. Like, there's no one that was more qualified than me, you know, I've circumcised the eighth day, stock of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal. I persecuted the church, concerning the righteousness, which is the law. I was blameless. I had it all going for me, you know, and I could just say to y'all, I've got whatever credential you've got, I won up to. He's like, but that's not what I'm, that's not what I have my confidence in. He says, but these things I counted gain to me, they're really lost. And, um, you know, that's what happened with Paul on the road to Damascus, you know, before he came to know Christ, before God interrupted his day with a bright light and said, why are you persecuting me? You know, Paul was in that persecuting was one of the zealous Pharisees 
going. You know, he was like the rock star in the world of Pharisees, right? Like he had it all going. He was the Hebrew Hebrews. He knew the law inside and out. He followed it to the letter of the law. You know, he knew every little thing and followed it. it was it says he was blameless in it. That's pretty remarkable. Like man's he set up man set up their law and he was he was blameless in it. You know, he didn't fall. He didn't fail in that. Um, persecuting the church, he was making cleaning house. You know, like. Yeah. He was really, he had it all going for him. And here's, he's warning, he's warning the the true believers here of these people who are trying to say, yeah, Christ is all right, but you need to add to your faith these things, right? And how much, how often do we do that? We get saved, you know, we're so thankful for what God's done for us, and we, you know, it's all grace and it's all the love of Christ. And then people say, oh, that's great, you got saved. You know what you got to do now is you got to like, you know, you got to start wearing nice clothes at church, and you got to. Start putting X amount in the offering plate, and you gotta, you know, start getting involved in this little group and start saying this little chant and start <laughs> praying like this in front of people, and you gotta start looking the part and we start adding these things that somehow start making us seem like we're more spiritual or more we got it going on, and we start building that Pharisee in us, right? And um, saying beware of that because there's nothing in your flesh that you can do that brings anything of value. You know, it's got to be all spirit led and it's going to be all from the source of the power of God in our lives that can do anything that's good and um, anyway Paul's going to go on and talk about that but you know use Paul as your barometer when you think you've got it going on Paul was better and he also, he threw it all as garbage into the wind for the sake of Christ so you should too and tonight we're talking about losing it all for Christ and that's what Paul is about to get into and um, Brent was describing in our last segment about how we can add to what Jesus did for us ultimately on the cross. And, you know, Brent and I were talking before the show and he had mentioned someone giving an analogy of, you know, we get the part that we can't do anything to save ourselves. And then we get the part that we can't get in, do anything to get into heaven. But then there's all this middle ground that we think we have something to do with, you know what I mean? And, uh, when we, as soon as we put our confidence in anything but Christ, that's when we, just completely missed the mark. And I think that's what Paul's getting at here. And he's like, like you have your confidence in all these things. Like, you know, I was pretty good and God just rewarded me with heaven. You know, we almost think that God's like throwing us like a doggy treat, you know, like you are so good. Here's heaven too. On top of how great you are. It's not like that at all. Like Paul's even saying like, <clears throat> according to the law, which was the way people live their lives, like you couldn't pin anything on him. So in that regard, you're like, well, then he wasn't a sinner and didn't need to be saved, right? Wrong. Because we're all born with a sinful nature. Paul himself said that, you know, I thought I was blameless, but then when I saw that it said, thou shalt not covet, I realized, man, like, it's not just about what we do. It's about what's going on in the heart. It, and and there's nobody blameless because of the, out of what comes out, you know, what comes out of the heart of man. And as soon as we start to think that we have something that we offer God, you know, Brent was talking about how we get cleaned up. You know, we, we start to do all these great Christianese things. We get so far removed from our past sinful life that we forget that we were wretched sinners that God saved. We start to think like, yeah, I'm pretty good. You know, like I wasn't as bad as that guy. You know, I had a lot to offer God and it's just a wrong mindset, you know, and, and Paul moves on in verse seven, which is a classic verse. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. A lot of times people will say like, oh, you have all these gifts and talents, you know, like God can really use you. 
You know, like we really need this someone who fits this mold in our ministry, someone who can play guitar. Like we need that, and and you have that gift, so you fit that mold. And Paul's like, who cares if I can play guitar? Forget it. I'm never going to play guitar again if that's what God wants. You know what I mean? Like he's just like anything that I had that I thought was something of worth, throw it. Just like flush it down the porta john. You know what I mean? Like that's. <laughs> or actually, porta johns don't have a flushing mechanism, which makes it even worse. <laughs> But <laughs> well, that's what Paul's saying, basically. You know, we say it says rubbish in the New King James, but he says, you know, it's dumb. It's poop. You know, that's think about all the things that you have that you think are valuable. And in, compared to what God has and the value of his son, Jesus, it's poop. And I have no problem saying it. Well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. You're unbelievable. The Altar Life. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was You Take My Rights Away by Skillet. And, you know, we're talking about how Paul counted everything as garbage for the sake of Christ. And, you know, one man's garbage is another man's treasure, as they say. From You Take My Rights Away to You Take My Trash Away. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I think... There is something to be said for garbage diving. I found quite a few high hot item. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we found a basketball hoop for my kids in the trash. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's gone to a point now where people don't, they're not actually throwing it away. They're putting it out on their curb so that someone will take it. They're like enabling the trash picker. Right. It's pretty good. It's a pretty yeah. good, you can find some good, good stuff system. in there. Yeah. Why go to a garage sale when you have to weed through, you know, body parts of dolls and like old Pat Boone CDs when you could just leave it on the curb if somebody wants it bam you got it easy Pat Boone's just just you know get rid of the middleman like why do we have to have like a table and a haggling over your unwanted items just Put them unwanted on the curb, and I will take them for you. You don't need that whole like exchange where it's like, oh, how much are you selling this for? A dollar? Would you take 50 cents? Nah, I really can't do 50 cents. How about... Se- what do you mean you can't do 50 cents? <laughs> it's like, you're, you're too rich for a, my blood. I'm hanging over a quarter. Come on. <laughs> a bunch of like Harlequin... It's always like paperback <laughs> romance novels. You know, it's like a box full, and it's like... The whole box is like $5. <laughs> like, There's like 100 books in there. Take, and and hard, hardcore people who are looking for that stuff... They're always going to barter regardless of the price. Yeah. Would you take four? Why? You can't spring for five? <laughs> what? That what am I going to do with this fifth one? It's just, <laughs> just odd. I love the people that like, uh, I don't know if anybody actually does this, but it'd be hilarious if like you exchange trash. Like instead of bartering, someone went to the curb and they're like, oh, this is a nice chair. I could use this. And they bring like some old crappy chair and put it on the, on the curb instead. It's like an exchange, a trash exchange. <laughs> and they walk away. They drive away going, yeah, I got the better of that deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know. I I always love when I see somebody on the side of the road pulling over. I'm like, yes, do it. Go for it. I actually respect the people who actually know what they're looking for when they go in the trash. They see like this treasure little piece of pottery, and they're like, I can't believe this guy with that owl. It's worth like 20 bucks. <laughs> and it's like... Man, it looks like a piece of junk to me, but, you know, yeah. whatever. I respect those people. You know? Yeah, my mother-in-law is famous for jumping into dumpsters behind Ikeas and Pier 1s. Yeah. I have, probably have stuff in my house from that very excursion. The Altar Life. Music. Please give us the power to blow people's minds with our high-voltage rock. Truth. Come on now, don't be bashful. Real. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. The Altar Life.
with Greg. Someone need a hug. And Jeff. I like to eat. Is that such a crime? Period. We've got a good topic tonight. We're gonna, we're talking about how um, we shouldn't have confidence in the flesh or anything that we bring to the table. Of all people, Paul had the credentials. But in verse 7, he says, These things were that were gained to me, I accounted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss, all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. You know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you know, we think that we have this notion that if we follow Christ with our whole heart, that he's going to ask us to give up certain things. He's going to ask us to give up maybe our job or give up a relationship or give up, you know, the uh, $200 cable package. And it's like, oh, you know, you know, he's going to make me go to basic cable. Um, and you have these things that you think about and you're like, you know, and that's trivial, but there's also things like, you know, I work really hard to get my doctorate, you know, and he wants me to go into full-time ministry. Like, that's such a waste, you know what I mean? And, and Paul was the doctor. He was Dr. Paul, you know, and here he is saying, I count all those things as rubbish. Now, God used those things. So you know, there's so many cases where, like, he used the fact that he was a Pharisee to talk to the Pharisees and make an impact. Like, he used everything in his toolkit yeah. and, and to share the gospel. But it wasn't about being smart for Paul. He's like, I don't really care if I'm the smart doctor. You know, I'm going to count it all as just trash if it's going to impede my me knowing Christ more and Christ using me more. And um, it all went under, sub, it was all subject to on the knowledge of Jesus Christ and that he can gain Christ, that he can know Christ more. You know, there's so many times where some of that stuff gets in the way of knowing Christ more and then deeper in a fuller way. You know, our, our notion of us being really smart makes us foolish, right? Um, but it's not until we count it all rubbish that we start getting the what Christ really wants for us. You're listening to The Altered Life with Brent and Jeff. Brilliant! When, I love when he says, I count them all as rubbish that I might gain Christ. Paul sees Jesus as, if I only have him, then I have it all. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, I know for me, I'm like, it's Jesus and, or even worse it's this and jesus (laughs) you know like oh i have all this great i have all god's blessing me and i have all these things that god's giving me oh and i get his son too that's just the icing on the cake no 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 that's that's not it jesus isn't the icing jesus is the entire thing you know and i think that we we forget that sometimes we we start to think about all the stuff that we can get from god or that god has blessed us with and we forget the most important thing that he's blessed us with, which is Jesus Christ. And until we get to a point where we can say, if I have nothing but Jesus, I'm fine, then we have growing to do. And that's, I think, what we talk about when, when Paul said, work out your faith, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Those are the treasures that we need to uncover. Those are the things we need to work out and allow God to work in our lives. All those things that take God's place take the throne of from jesus you know when we put ourselves on the throne whatever it is those things need to be worked out of our life so that jesus is all we want and all we need i was reading this he says you know 
I might, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is faith in Christ, the righteousness from God. Like, you know, as Christians, we can fall into this so easily, you know, well, I, I, I was obedient in doing this and I was obedient and we, we almost like want to put stars on our refrigerator <laughs> and give us credit. You know, this one I kind of did good, so that's partial credit, right? I get partial credit for that one. And we have this mentality of wanting to check the boxes on certain things that we think we need to do. And how, somehow we're going to attain some sort of righteousness. Like, we're going to, Christ is going to look at us and go, oh, that's right, he did this, that's right, he did that. And somehow give us brownie points that, if we get enough brownie points, we make it into heaven, right? And it goes back to, you know, all of our good works are like filthy rags to him, you know, to him. Because anything that we do that's good is really what he's worked out in us for his will and his good pleasure, going back to last week. And, you know, it's all things that he's given us the ability to do anyway, through his power. And and when we believe and have faith and we trust that the Lord is going to do that in us and we start seeing the fruit of our lives... Um, it's the righteousness of Christ that we're given. You know, it's like through the through the work of Christ on the cross, we are we are ascribed righteousness. Like that stuff is worked out in us, and it's cool because it's such a difference between oh, I think I did a good job with that <laughs> righteousness versus versus you know I wouldn't have been able to do any of that without the power of Christ, and therefore whatever righteousness I have was what Christ gave me anyway. Like it's a completely different mindset as a Christian. And, um, you know, don't try to live your life. And this is the challenge for me too. It's like, am I trying to live my life to check the boxes on my refrigerator? Right. Am I trying to, to, to achieve some sort of righteousness that I can say, see God, look what I did for you versus Lord, you know, I, I count all this stuff to be rubbish if you if you consider it rubbish, I want it to be rubbish too. And ultimately, all I want is to know you. And all I want is to follow you and have faith in Jesus Christ and believe that you're going to work in me. And then as I'm obedient to his voice, um, he's making me righteous through that. And that's an awesome way to go about it. And it's a completely different mindset as a Christian. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was Take My Life by Fighting Instinct, and we're winding down the night. we got a couple more great songs for you from Audio Adrenaline, Seventh Time Down. But um, in verse 9, or 10, I think we left off, uh, Paul is saying, I want the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ, not my own righteousness. And he had said, you know, according to the law, I'm blameless. So he had righteousness in and of himself. It's not like he's saying, you know, it's really easy for someone who's like murdered, and like pillaged and done all this terrible stuff to be like, you know, my righteousness is as filthy rags. It's like, well, well, yeah, what righteousness? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Paul's like, he could really say, like, I, I follow the law, but that righteousness means nothing. You know, I want the righteousness that's through Christ. It says, Second Corinthians five, for He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. It's that righteousness that gets us into heaven. It's that righteousness that saves. Don't trust in your own righteousness because it doesn't get you anywhere. That was I'll Go by Voda. That was a good song. And that's where Paul gets, you know. He wants us all to get there. And I I like reading Paul because I feel like even though he's writing to certain churches, he's writing to the individual within those church bodies, you know. 
It's very personal. He hints on everything. And he says, you know, I want to know I, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I mean, those are just huge doctrinal statements. And you're just like, what am I going to do with this? But let's take a look. I mean, I, I've counted all this stuff that I might gain Christ and be found in him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I would go so far as to say, unless we do count those the things that we rely upon and put our confidence in as rubbish, we'll never fully know him in the power of his resurrection. Because there's always going to be that hindrance, that obstacle that gets in our way from understanding and, and having God reveal to us and open our eyes to, to know those spiritual truths that are that are waiting for us, those treasures that need to be worked out as we go back to our previous episode. You know, it, it all ties together. Being conformed to his death, you know, sharing in his sufferings, having fellowship with his sufferings. And we're like, what? Suffering? I don't like that, Paul. Don't talk about that part. But it's the truth. You know, we, we get to a point where following Jesus means more than anything else. Whether it means our personal comfort, our personal suffering, it's Jesus. And oh, to be in that spot. For me personally, I just feel like so convicted that I feel like I'm growing, but I'm not to this point. No, by no means am I to this point. And they like how Paul says, by any means that I may attain the resurrection of the dead. That's, I'll do whatever it takes is basically what he's saying. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ is amazing, you know, and we always pray that to the Lord that he would give us um, the power to beat sin and the power to be more holy and the power to overcome, right? And we pray those things and then we we say, Lord, do that work in us and then we try to do that work in us. And uh, Paul's like, just throw that stuff in the other stuff that you want to try to do to, to have that power and that victory in your life and throw it in the trash that you may know him and his power. And what what is the life of a believer? What does a life Christian look like when you have that kind of power running through your veins. Um, man, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thankful for lis- for you guys listening this evening. Hopefully you're challenged to put away those things that you think you're bringing to the table in your walk with the Lord. And um, tonight, you know, our, our prayer is that we can consider everything we have as rubbish for the sake of Christ, that we can attain um, a righteousness that's not from us, that's from Jesus Christ. And ultimately, he can have full control. And um, that we may, um, as Paul says, attain the resurrection from the dead. That ultimately, God will resurrect us into glory. And um, we can experience that power here while we're on earth. So, until next week. Be cool, cats. And live for Christ. Thanks.